I love the playoffs. Anything can happen. But the best part? It's like bonus football. And bonus football means betting bonuses with Gambit DC. For a limited time, get up to a 57% multi-sport parlay boost on the Gambit DC app, online, or at any Gambit DC retail location throughout the district. It's the most exciting time to be a fan. So make your play and get the whole field advantage with Gambit DC. Limited time offer, terms and conditions apply. Please buy responsibly. Tanya Ortega, the founder of the National Parks Arts Foundation, is our next guest on today's Big Blend radio show, and she's joining us to talk about the foundation's artist-in-residence programs and workshops uh, that are, you know, continued throughout all kinds of national parks. I mean, you could go from Big Bend in Texas to Aztec Ruins in, in New Mexico, out to Dry Tortugas in Florida, go across over, and you can go to or go up to Gettysburg. I mean, you could actually stay at Gettysburg and create art um, as an artist in residence. So it's really an amazing program. I encourage you to go to nationalparksartsfoundation.org. Also connect with them on Facebook and Twitter. Hey, Tanya, how are you? Good morning. Oh, wait, is it not morning anymore over there where you are? Yeah, we have wine time. I think you're on mimosa time, right, in Hawaii? Exactly. That's I'm how we tell time. Mimosa time. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, because you you just got back to Hawaii, right? Um, I just got back to Hawaii. I mean, I oh, you I need got a bloody mary then. The <laughs> yeah, oh. <laughs> it is still to me as if I continued yesterday. I was one of those people that got caught in the Delta. Thing that was happening for the last four days or so. Um, I don't oh. know if you watched the news or anything, but the something, nobody's quite sure. I'm sure they've said what went on, but a computer glitch and it delayed flights. I got stuck in Salt Lake City um, oh. and was, you know, flying around the country from airport to airport along with thousands of other people. It was really, really crazy. So, um, Yeah, you need, you yeah. need a cocktail. <laughs> That's the thing about airports is you go to airport bars, drink Bloody Marys, and you talk to people and see where they're going and what they're up to and why are you flying away? What what did you do? Not kidding. I'm just it was it's totally true. I met more than one person who who was like, It doesn't matter if I miss my flight because I'm here having cocktails because likely I won't have a flight anyway. <laughs> exactly. It's very funny. And you can't dr- you can't drink and drive there, but you can sure drink and fly, and that's always <laughs> interesting. I remember when Nancy and I flew over from South Africa to um, we were going to the Channel Islands, Guernsey, England, but we went to London first. Yeah, and I remember we were on those pl- one of the last planes where people could smoke on the plane. And oh, I, I remember that those cool. days. Yeah. Yeah, and I thought that would be a cool idea since I did smoke back then. And then I decided it was really not a good idea. But the rugby uh, group, the, there was a big rugby group or, or yeah, team or whatever you call them on, on, there, on there. I can tell I'm really good at the Olympics. But they, they were on the flight, and they got totally hammered. And, you know, it's a long oh, flight no from, way. you know, South Africa to Joburg, from Joburg all the way to uh, London. And, you know, everybody kind of snoozes off. And, you know, they were hammered. It was fun. I thought it was funny. And in the morning or, the, you know, when everybody was kind of woke up, whatever time of day it was, we looked down and they were passed out in the aisles. I'll just pass that on the floor. <laughs> it was a it was a good flight, but anyway, where were you flying from what, initially? What were uh, that sounds like Ryanair? How Ryanair used to be. Um, I don't even know if they're around anymore, but um, oh, where am well, I coming from? This was a while from? ago. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where where were you flying from originally? Like what what was the where were you? Because every time we talk to you, you're somewhere different. So where, where know, were you before I'm Hawaii? I totally different. So um, before Hawaii, I um, got stuck in, in Salt Lake for, you know, a couple nights, which was which was fine because you're not going to believe what I did. I took a little road trip and visited a couple parks around there, which will probably be in our 2018 roster. Really? Wow. So you're already working on I can't on name names yet because we're – I'm sorry. Oh. What? I was going to say, you're already working on 2018. Wow. So you oh, guys are... We're working up to two, uh, 2020 because um, now wow. we've 
We have, um, you know, last, uh, gosh, I guess it was the spring the last time I, I, I spoke on Big Blend, but um, we set everything into sort of a fast motion sort of thing. In fact, um, you should know that the 2017 Artists in Residence, we're only going to have public for a few months. Um, oh, wow. So for these past, yeah, these past years, We've been um, taking applications for, you know, a nine-month period or a six-month period or a four-month period for up to two months before the residency starts. So what we're looking at this year is having all of the 2017, including the ones that are in the late, late fall, um, all done, picking the artists, everything, by probably the end of February. So when we put one of these, um, you know, these uh, calls out for artists, we're going to be on a two-month schedule instead of a six, eight-month schedule. Oh. So it'll do a couple things. I mean, it's it's fast, but the reason is that the artists that we're working with a lot of times now are getting funding from, like, the NEA or from these other entities that need to know a year ahead of time or more um, where the money is going. So... Wow. It's well, a thing that we're doing for our artists, yeah. Let's, let's kind of back up a little bit so people can, you know, if they haven't heard you on the show before, because we have new listeners all the time, too. How does this actually work? As, because it's not just, you, you don't have to be a painter. You could be a videographer, a photographer like you. You could be a musician, a writer. Can you be a poet and a dancer? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, most See, definitely. Something. Yeah, you know, poets, they really need outlets. I mean, it's so hard to keep poetry alive. I, I find sometimes, you know, when we talk to authors, like they all do poetry, but it's like, you know, how, how hard it is to get it out there and, um, and, and be able to do something like this. This is interesting. So any kind of creative part, you could go in and say, okay, I want to apply. And there, is everybody stay at a park for a month? Is it a full month for each park or... Well, um, generally we, we write them for a one-month period um, if wow. the proposal. So what an artist does is they propose, <clears throat> excuse me, they propose to us what they would like to do um, during during a um, artist in residence. So generally we'll put it out for one month. We'll say we have this available for, you know, this period between this and this in which we have to, um, it's very hard to get housing in actually inside the parks because we're negotiating mm -hmm. with you know, juggling employees and all of that. Um, so they are able to tell us what they want to do. We have had – it's interesting that you mentioned poetry because we are hoping to have the first partnership um, and have proposed with the Poetry Foundation in Chicago, the, uh, wow. the most prominent uh, poetry you know, makers, I hate to say that, but mm -hmm. they really are um, mm -hmm. in the United States. And um, we're hoping that, uh, you know, we've, we've spoken with them and, and uh, written a proposal we would like to have in our residencies, um, residencies specific to poets. Oh, that is and, awesome, because that can just flow. Yeah. And Chicago, isn't that the same? I could be wrong. It's either New York or Chicago, I think, that started Poetry Slams. And I think it was Chicago, the foundation out there. Oh, that actually I don't know. I think it might have been in New York and in New York. I don't, I don't know. Sorry. I can't remember anything. <laughs> I'm blonde. <laughs> Who knows? But, it, yeah, no, but I think this is exciting for parks. That's a really good way of really, you know, putting out what you feel in a park as an artist or a writer, you know, <clears throat> someone who creates. It's a really good way of doing it. I like that. that well, I'm good, good. I'm glad. I think it's really going to be because uh, poetry is, is one of those one of those aesthetics that um, doesn't have enough play because, um, and now it's it's kind of coming up again in the world of, of the arts. And um, we really want to, we want to push that forward. So hopefully... Hopefully we'll be able to do something something with them and even as soon as 2017. So um, we're looking at at least four artists in residence across all of our residencies, um, four poets. Wow. So yeah. can you would you take in cowboy poets? Oh, yes, we would. But what do you mean take okay. in? They don't need to be in anywhere. They're outside, right? They just to go camp. Yeah, no, I, I got some, <laughs> I got, I've got some cowboy poets up my sleeve. <laughs> my 
<laughs> no, I really do. I mean, actually, now that I think of that, that's that's so. Now, you've, everybody's going to have to really watch what's going on and stay connected with you to keep up with. You know, hey, here's your opportunity. Move on it. Don't sit on it because if you sit on it, then you're, someone else is going to take your spot because you have to be good at what you do too. So you've got to be fast and seize the day and and be good enough to be accepted because you you don't just accept anybody pretty much because you do actually have like a a jury right that that looks at the art and says okay this is the right person yes um that's a that's a really good point i think our average i think we we average on our panel eight panelists if that mm-hmm. seems that that's higher than most panels, but to me that seems low because sometimes we have 20 people on our panels. For instance, at the Dry Tortugas National Park, um, Loggerhead Key Artist in Residence, you know, we have a couple of artists that are um, going to be out there, and I think we had 20 panelists on that one because it was the most, it, 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 to date, the most um, popular of our um, residencies. Mm. Um, we have more coming up in Hawaii this year, of course, that, that will cool. probably be on par with, with the populations that we got for there. So we, you know, the more people there are, the more panelists we add. And uh, interestingly enough, if there are very specific arts like poetry or music or things that our the the people that we the panel that we usually use doesn't um doesn't know about we we hire outside panelists and usually we hire outside panelists because sometimes there will be somebody like in in new technologies media applying or um, okay. something like that so we have to go outside of our you know our usual thirty people that we use and find something that's very specific to that art. Wow, that's that's important. I think because it, it's so interesting. Even you know how we book musicians on a show. It's like okay, it may not be my cup of tea, but you have to have that ability to to recognize quality and someone who's good and trained. And um, you know, they don't always have to be professionally trained in in the arts, but it, there's that you're good. You know, so I think that's really interesting because it's hard. I mean, to you can't just go by your you know, hey, I like that. That was a pretty color. Okay, now you're in. <laughs> you know, I always love chartreuse. <laughs> I love the color of mimosas and Bloody Mary. <laughs> so you're in, you win. So no, that's interesting that you get the like a full jury and and getting the experts on board with this. So how many programs do you think you know, or how many park units do you think? Or the next round of, you know, what's what's the next thing for artists and musicians listening in now, or poets? What's the very next opening for the fall of that, or for the next quarter? Um, let, let me check right now. Um, sorry, that we have so many that are that are happening, and right now we're taking uh, applications uh, from parks um, for uh, no sooner than 2018. So this. Um, yeah. Yeah, we're already totally, totally set for 2017. And your question is actually quite hard, and I'll tell you why. Because we have four different states who want this in their state parks. So we have over, I think it's over 400 state parks that we are being requested to to do. And so likely what we'll have to do, and this is for 2017, um, Likely what we'll have to do is just pick a few in each state um, and mm-hmm. experiment with those for the first year for 2017 and then um, see how they work and how we work with them a little bit. But um, we're taking, yeah, like I said, we're taking applications um, from national parks for 2018. We're that far out oh. now and and beyond to 2020. Well, I think this is really important because, you know, I know it's this year, 2016, is the centennial for the National Park Units. But, like, 
as we travel and, and go into the gateway communities, we know that, okay, so there's a lot of – visitorship is going to be huge over the 2016-17, that whole year. And it's already been – it's been hectic this whole year. I mean, in some of the parks, you can't even get in, you know. So it's – there's yeah. a balance that comes in. And I think the, the arts play a role in balance and uh, connecting people to parks, too. And, and it's, I mean, that's how the national park system was even founded, the arts played a role with it. I mean, photography, Susan Thu up in Sequoia National Park, if it wasn't for her, you know, then we wouldn't have as much of Kings Canyon and Sequoia National Park protected. So, And she inspired Ansel Adams. So, I mean, it's like there's all of these, these entities. That's what I love about your program is it's it acts as a, almost a marketing of the parks, but it puts it in a, like, a, it just really shows the essence of a park, I think, through the arts. When when someone creates uh, out of being inspired and staying within the park, um, I think that's really cool. But you're taking this beyond so that there's this balance of keeping the parks, and and it helps the gateway communities, which we're really you know pro we're we're really pro pushing that that people go into the gateway communities. But you're keeping that balance and keeping the awareness out there longer than here's our year and you see so many people jumping on the national park bandwagon right now which is great but it's it's become for some people here's here i am i'm doing a national park thing because it's good marketing and then they'll disappear and this has to be a long That's time a really journey. good point uh, it's it took a, me a while to get there that you say that <laughs> yeah it's it's <laughs> it's so true and it's it's really hard to to have to tell you know, have to tell people, well, we can't, you know, we're really committed, you know, and so this is why we're out so many years. We're signing agreements that are two from two to eight years, um, and we, we don't, there are so many parks that uh, have applied for our programs, um, especially in this, in the Centennial, during the centennial, yeah. we had a lot of parks that applied, and, and we had to say, and it was really hard to have to say, if you aren't going to commit to the future generations and the future of of, of these programs mm-hmm. in the park, um, we really can't, you know, we can't work work with you at all, uh, which which was horrible because it took all of these opportunities away um, from artists, but there were a handful, actually more of parks that just wanted to do it for the centennial year. And we had to say no. And we got people very mad at us for saying no to the, to the government. (laughs) Well, well, you have to look long-term, you know, and I think it's great that you're, we're not just about the centennial. We're like taking that a hundred years into the future. So, because I'm going to live that I've decided. (laughs) <laughs> that's okay well you know what the best way to keep yourself preserved is to get pickled <laughs> so, you can do that with mimosa. <laughs> that's true. but you, you know, know what, speaking, I, what I go ahead mm-hmm. speaking of which i should have a i should have a, a stronger coffee but go on i'm going to be walking <laughs> uh, into the kitchen office area as you speak <laughs> um when when um when you do you know, when you do these state parks too, which is another thing I find really exciting because, you know, it's something just as we tour and, and our commitment with the parks and the gateway communities, we found that the state parks are just as important to keep going, you know, truly, just uh, to keep the awareness of them and and the other public lands as well. Are you finding that? Is that what's happening for you guys too at the foundation? Yeah, they um – you know they're very enthusiastic and um, forward-thinking in what they what they want to do. Also, you know, with states it seems, and I could be wrong here, it seems like they are a little more accessible in terms of being able to meet with people last minute and that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. The tough part about it is that the um, two things they're contracting. Um, so the protocol for for getting these things done, like their MOUs and things like that, um, are generally created internally, but they want the outside entities to, to you know, attorneys to write them first, and then they modify. So it's it's very expensive on the end of the, um, you know, whatever entity they're working with. So mm-hmm. uh, they don't they. They eventually have an internal document, but again, the you know the contracting for the government is is um, 
standardized, but not as much in that it, it pigeonholes things too much. So mm-hmm. that's good and bad. The second thing is, is depending on the state, the funding for the arts is just not not there. So that's a little harder too. So that that to me is a, the thing too is you know when we see so many art programs even just in schools going away, you know the arts always get hurt. You know it's like it happens mm-hmm. and you know with you going around and, and creating being you're like this liaison that manages to understand all the different entities and make it all happen. It's like this magical you know thing for art you know, that you've done and you know and it's a, an important thing to keep it moving. Because you've got the artist in residence programs, which again, to just be able to go stay in a park within the park, because like you're saying, some of these parks, like Dry Tortugas, I don't think you really can, you know, you you don't have like a hotel in the middle of the Dry Tortugas. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a little different in each place. Yeah. So so yeah, so you're creating this unique and novel experience, and people can share it. So then, for those of us who can't go stay in a hotel in the middle of the dry tortugas, you know, they can give us this experience. Then you, it's, they, they stay there, but they also have the ability, as, as I understand, to teach, uh, do a workshop or something. The artists have that ability, so then they're connecting, and you're providing an audience for their art through that. And then also, isn't, don't you do like a museum displays and things like that with the art exhibits? Yes, we do. Uh-oh, there's an ambulance going by. Sorry, do you hear you hear that? Uh-oh. It's, it's gone. Sorry. Okay. Um, okay. Yes, the artist does is in their proposal, they propose what they want to do, their public engagements. Um, and it depends on what the resources are at the park, how they how they can do that. Um, and and they propose to us what they want. For, for a little while, we had put together sort of a template for artists and residents. And we find with the creative, it's it's a little harder because a lot of artists are very sort of reclusive, and we respect that. Mm-hmm. You know, we respect the inspiration mm-hmm. only on Instagram. And I think I told you the story before about the artist that we had in Death Valley who just proposed to us a concept. He said, I don't know what I'm doing. I know it's going to be an earthwork. And um, he was not at the time a well-known artist. He's, he is becoming more and more, however. And um, he said, I just want a concept, and every week I want to meet in the auditorium and invite the visitors, and I'll tell them what I've been thinking, and I'll show them my drawing. And it was much like, uh, kind of like, his work wasn't like Christo, but being able to show the drawings, show the planning, show the thought process that goes through it. But he didn't have an exact work that he was presenting to us. He wasn't an artist that said, oh, I'm going to write an album of the park while I'm there, or I'm going to, um, you know, do, you know, 10 poems and produce them, you know, have them published. And I already have the publishers set up. This was somebody who, who said, I, you know, I know about the resources of the park and that we can't move any of that and the environmental things. And he said, I I will do it outside. And it ended up working really, really well. So um, he was somebody that just said, I think I've got a good idea. And I'd love to be that's inspired. That's cool. See, I, <laughs> so that's, but that's, that's the great. cool thing. Yeah. I mean, it's art. And if you can't, you know, that's, a, you know, we, I was having this discussion with um, the musician Nomad at the beginning of the show. It, it just, you cannot pigeonhole art or artists or musicians. You just can't, you know, because then you you lose the whole point of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's supposed <laughs> to be creative and something new it's it's supposed to inspire or get you to feel something even if you don't like it it's at least you'll have a feeling i mean we need that in the world of technology these days you know to actually have a a feeling <laughs> have a reaction to something so that's so it's easy so people can come up and say hey i've got this idea you know i want to do you know a photo series on pelicans flying over the volcanoes in hawaii <laughs> something you know something really cool um, <laughs> That's just me right now. Without my mimosa, that's the problem. But so, so then their art gets. They can turn around and have it exhibited later, and that's something that you're saying. Like, okay, they wanted to do this something special, but are there specific places that their their work is viewed or um, enjoyed? If it's something like movement art, or there is at the park, we do a few different things. Um, first, if there is, we work with the park service, and if there is a gallery space a museum space, 
that's for, you know, a sculpture, two-dimensional art. Um, but as well, um, built into the program, we ask that they have at least one engagement. Um, of course, usually mm-hmm. we've got great artists that do a lot more than that. Um, we have them usually in the visitor center auditorium. Um, we have been engaging the gateway communities, of course, and have had pretty much all of our artists. I'm trying to think of any that haven't actually um, engaged with the gateway communities in a museum or gallery outside of the park mm-hmm. itself. And that way, we're bringing the park out to the public as well as the mm-hmm. public to the park for workshops and what and you know whatnot and lectures at the park. So it's it's bringing the parks out into the world. I mean, we had some fabulous, I think, I don't know if I've talked to you since, but some fabulous artists from Australia um, who made uh, films at Dry Tortugas National Park last year when they were there on their island for a month, mm-hmm. and um, she's already winning awards for them. And so they're, those films about inspired by our parks are out in the world. Um, when I was in Lisbon years ago, also uh, Death Valley, one of our artists, uh, I was—I didn't even know she was having an exhibit in Lisbon, and I saw it, and I was just like, wow, we are bringing what is called America's Best Idea out into the world uh, again, right. like we haven't for, I don't know, 70-plus years. So the importance of that is is great because people then find interest through art, through the interpretation of art. I love it. I love it. It's so now for you, like, because I, I know you're a photographer too. Is there a park that it's you true. haven't been to that you want to go to and just be a resident and and just? I mean, to me, you know, I do a lot of photography and videography too, and that's the one thing. I mean, if I was just left alone for a whole month in a park, oh my god. That would be insanely crazy <laughs> cool. I mean, to me, I mean, it's like I would like all the artists, people I know, and musicians. I'm like, dude, you got to check this out. Imagine a whole month in a park, and you know, that's that's just like Santa Claus can't do that. You know, <laughs> so, where would you go? What park would you want to go to, just personally? Well, just I have to admit, I have to admit something, and it's quite. Um, it's, I do have a little bit of jealousy because uh, these artists, I want to be these artists all of the time. And, um, you know, mm-hmm. we go to parks and we do site visits before we accept the, the park into the programs. But, um, oh, gosh, I, I can't even tell you because I want to go to so many of them. Um, yeah. I I would like to spend probably more time in Alaska. Mm. Um, so I think Alaska. However, Carlsbad Caverns is is fantastic, too. Um, and we don't have programs there yet. We're working on those. But I have to say, and this, this is going to sound maybe strange to some people because I wasn't expecting it because I hadn't been to Gettysburg until we started our programs in a long time. Gettysburg. Every time I go there, and it's it's about twice a year, you know, I spend 10 days there or whatever. Gettysburg is behind arts programs like no other park that we're working with. They are just so supportive, and the Gettysburg Foundation is so supportive. So I think if I were an artist, I would probably probably do Gettysburg. It is truly amazing what they're doing for the arts there. Are you just so saying that I think to, to, like, get mm-hmm. Nancy and I, like, all jealous, too? You know we want to mm-hmm. go there. Well, we get to go to all of them eventually. I will tell you this. We're, we're planning a spring trip, and it looks like it's going to be this big tour. We're going to go from here in Tucson across. And it was, we have to do some New Mexico, and maybe we'll do some of that later this year <clears> at the end of the year. But then we're going up to Kentucky, so we're going to do this big loop. We're going to go up to Kentucky, and we're working on something there. And when I was talking to some friends and contacts over there, I was like, Stephanie, you're not far from Pennsylvania, so we could just go across even further. And then at that point, we might as well go to Maine. So um, I'm just saying we need to. You should. You need to. You need to go over there. They are just a great group of people too. I mean, the communities involved. They, uh, you know, we. I'm. I'm in it. We started a a Gettysburg Arts Alliance. um, That's also helping. It's. uh, It's amazing. You've got to go over there. You. You have to because. It's They're amazing. Fun. They're archives. Yeah, and they are they're they're 
purchasing artwork that is relevant to the park and the history of the park, um, you know, historic relevance and heritage of the park's artwork. And um, at the end of July, they had a huge opening. It was, it's just amazing. They're great, mm. great people over there. So. Well, everybody check it out, Gettysburg. Uh, as a, you know what I think is really neat about that residency program is you've got the history and you've got the people's stories and then you've got the nature side too. It's got a little bit of everything in that park. And those are, to me, I think when you go into a park where there's, you know, history, like ancient history too, like Chaco culture and uh, cultural park and Aztec ruins, I mean, that, that right there to me is then it, and you've got this natural setting does everything that's that as a creative person you go off in those places <laughs> you know? so yeah I think and I mean cool there places. there is a big difference between um the parks that are let's let's say I hate to to say it like this but that are in the west and the parks that are in the east both beautiful some but a lot of east coast and some some in the west are dedicated to the history of the United States like the Civil War and, um, you know, different heritage-focused parks. Oh, and what about Stonewall in New York? That oh, wow, really that's cool. right, one of our newest. Yeah. Yeah, so- one of our new ones right in, you know, in New York there. And the history of that park, you know, has to do with uh, with a, a group of underrepresented people, and, and it's, it's going to be amazing. It is amazing already, of course, but... Uh, just that that has more to do with the history a lot of parks in the west have to do more with the um, you know nature and and being out and mm-hmm. you know millions of acres of of wilderness so it's different it's yeah good. i mean it's stonewall i could just i mean i just saw like a whole series a painting series of like going through time you know from when when the riots were happening there and all the way through to now I mean, it's just historic what happened. And, yeah, thank God that park became actual an actual park. I want to go to Pullman in Chicago, too. I don't know. It's just an interesting story, you know. So oh, it, yeah. It is a, yeah. There's so many things, so many places. But um, for right now, so the immediate things, I mean, Aztec Ruins National Monument and um, also Chaco Culture, are, are there still openings for that? For residents, um, let's see. I think for Chaco, we might have one left in the year. The people would have to go to our site, nationalparksartsfoundation.org. We have, um, we just, just I think at midnight last night or the night before, the last Gettysburg was um, was filled. Um, but within, like I said before, within the next two months, we are going to have so many parks up that are going to need immediate applications (laughs) so even though it's a little it seems like a little downtime right now it's going to be really speedy in two months um one interesting um park that we have started a program at and i know you don't know about this i may have mentioned it but it's now set in big bend national park in texas um we have started a uh veterans artist in residence program there that so that's cool. going to be the first of many um that we're building into so a few different things that we're doing so big bend is definitely open right now and i really hope that people would go there i believe uh, fort union in new mexico mm-hmm. which is an incredible park is still open i think chaco aztec pecos i'm just looking over the list and we don't even put all of them at once on our website because there's just too many um mm. so there's definitely yeah. possibilities and then um yeah so what we're doing for 2017 to 2020 is a few different areas that we're focusing on as the um the poetry uh, i'm going to be in contact with somebody about music so we're going to have you know these sort of themed and we're not getting rid of ones that are open to the public by the way we are adding these so it's not like we're taking away from our uh, okay. other programs at all um so we're doing the veterans poetry and one thing that we're going to have coming up and i'm so excited about this and it's not in my purview at all um and it's a part it's a an artistic media that i haven't um, explored enough on my own but i love is new media new technologies and media and what mm. we're trying to do um pretty soon as soon as we have time we'll have uh have uh 
probably a crowdsourcing sort of thing to be able to do this. But there is, and of course we'll get in touch with the company to see if they can donate the, these. But this is going to sound so crazy, and it's off of my, you know, it's off of my charts as far as my work goes. But this is so cool. There is a, a virtual reality mm-hmm. um, uh, tool. I don't even know what you'd call it. See, that's how far away I am from technology. Is that the one with you, Google? With the Google That's where you can go take a hike and you, yeah, it's through Google where you can go hike in Yosemite, and then yeah, so there's that kind of virtual reality thing. Oh, no, that. this is a little different. This isn't that that one that you're speaking about. This is something called Vive, and um, it is a virtual reality. You use paddles and you put a um, you know a mask on in a room. Oh yeah, yeah, and you. Yes, paintbrush, and you can paint in 3D. So, dude, we are. Yeah, it's I so want to do cool. that. It, it is so. You should Google it seriously. It is. I am. I'm looking at it right now. It, yeah, what's amazing? <laughs> look at the YouTube videos. Some there's artists that, and this just came out in May to the public. So, um, we I, we looked and studied, and so our next uh, board meeting, we're going to discuss having that somehow as a new tool of media in our residencies because there's a few things um, when it evolves, hopefully it it seems like, though I could be wrong because I haven't even used one myself, it seems like it can be calibrated so your range of motion doesn't have to be a huge range. Um, So we're hoping that um, artists who who do not have a, a big range of motion will eventually be able to use these in a way that will put them in a, a virtual reality space where they can move as if, you know, they have full range of motion to paint. Um, so it's, it's something that we're, we're really, really working on. And that's just because I hate to say we are interested in that, be interested in artists being able to have, have something that they don't have if they don't have range of motion. And even if they do, this is amazing because it's in a 3D space. Um, it doesn't take, it, you know, it doesn't take real uh, physical um, things to be able to create it. The the back end of it, the, the part that isn't clear in the world of technology is how is this shown to the public in any other venue than virtual reality? And that isn't there yet. So these things that people mm. create in there can be in computer, you know, can be in video games, can be in different, you know, different things um, technology-wise, but it is not something yet that has a venue for um, exhibit except in itself. For instance, we're hoping, though mm. we don't know, that um, one of the museums that we work with, they're building a new museum, and um, I was telling them about this this. Um, vibe thing and they said that is perfect for the public for the visitors to the park when they come to the museum right they can put it on they can create they can keep the you know the usb stick or the card or whatever they um they create on and other people can get hooked up at the same time as them and other visitors can see how another um visitor was inspired to create something in the virtual world from the park, from them being, from their inspiration of the park. So this is it's, insanely it's kind of cool. Isn't that this cool? This is really and cool. Can, like, and Google's it. part of it, as, and Lionsgate. And I'm looking at how it's how it's working. Like I'm just looking at the art of it all. Oh my gosh! Nancy's going to go nuts when she sees this. All of a sudden, Priscilla, our pink sock monkey, will be in 3D moving around. But I see this as being a. Um, Instead of having all the sea worlds in the world, we can actually see wildlife that way. You know what I mean? It, it's yeah. part of not having to use captive animals, and and you could take like the you know the roaming buffalo of you know of Yellowstone and bison, put them in here, and people can have that experience in all kinds of ways. This and this is all kinds this of is ways, and they huge. can create. They can create even if they're you know they don't have a yeah. huge range of motion, and I love. To be able That's to think huge. about taking taking creative people and giving them the tools that they need, not just right. the place. You know, in the park, sure, we're making artists in residence and we're working with museums and famous curators and all of this sort of thing. But it begins with the artist, you know, giving mm-hmm. the artist things that they need, um, you know, and, and have, being able to have the artist have a venue to ask for those things. But with this vibe, I think it's going to, 
I think I'm hopefully even going to integrate it into, or we are going to integrate it into the, the veterans programs. Um, if the range of motion within the vibe is, is available for them to, mm. uh, to work. I mean, I'm, I'm wow. terribly excited about those different elements, the poetry, the music, the um, new media. Um, yeah. The new media would, would this, Go into because I know when they did the Philadelphia Flower Show, I was contacted by a company who was doing. They were they they saw some of our videos up on YouTube and needed some of the footage because they were doing some big mosaic or like a collage thing video that was going to be a hologram and like <laughs> and it's like being shown on this huge building. They do things like that. Would that be considered new media? That's a good question because to me holograms are not necessarily new media. <laughs> yeah, they're not know, media, but I don't know if it's a complete. I could be wrong with if it's like it's it's like it is like video, but then they're shining it up on the walls. I mean, yeah, but but this is your field, so I'm going okay. I don't, I, you know, it is. It's considered it's considered new new technological media, even though um it's. It's not necessarily. I guess the new part of it, the you know, designation is new, is in that more people are getting involved in that. I mean, okay. even film is considered new media, and that's been around forever. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, for instance, oh, this is so cool. We had an artist out at Gettysburg um, over uh, around the 4th of July. Oh, this is so cool. And he took, um, he went into the archives and got... Um, photographs of soldiers that had been there, historic photographs, and he projected them at a distance at night. Gettysburg had had never, the compliance, you know, for the park being open at night, it had never happened before for art, for the public. And they went ahead and and we got the, thank goodness for the park service there, pushing the through in Gettysburg to do uh, these night projections. Um, it, It was, it was, Truly, truly amazing, and that's considered new media, even though that's been happening for for quite a while um, now. You know, wow. it's film, basically. Wow. But um, be, yeah, because it's in the larger realm now, it's you know being used widely. It's, it's I think it's being considered new media. There's, uh, yeah. So there's basically no end. The sky's the limit of what you can do in going into creating a park, and I mean, in creating within a park. Uh, so that's a that's, a, huh? Well, I'm you know uh, down the road. I need to tell you what Nancy's got a really interesting project she's doing, kind of similar to what you mm-hmm. were talking about with with the soldiers. Um, I have to. I, she has to tell you about it because I'll, I'll mess it up, and I can't tell everybody because someone might steal her idea. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I don't have that is exactly. I want. I'm like, okay, I better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, maybe maybe I should just keep quiet about this right now as I start to tell it on on you know on the radio show. So everybody, uh, you know, a lot of different programs, a lot of different parks. Obviously, state. I mean, last time you were on the show, you talked about here at Colossal Cave um, in Tucson. Uh, so that's something new, and that's it's near Saguaro National Park um, in Tumacacri in that area. So um, I, I, there's a lot of different things happening with you guys. So very exciting. You've, you guys have been working hard over at the National Parks Arts Foundation. It seems like a lot of work. We have. It's good, but it's also, you know, we remain um, a small crew that is very flexible. I mean, you talked about, uh, you, you know, can you do anything, any sort of media? We Probably half of the proposals we receive, people will request things, and their proposal will be so great that we will go to lengths to make sure that mm. they can do what they want. You know, it's something like this person at Gettysburg at night. That had never happened before. Projections, that had never happened before. And But his proposal was so good that we felt like we can't let this go. This is a great idea. And people have also proposed, you know, staying longer than one month. So we figure that out, um, too. Mm. So it's, it's kind of... Um, it's it's a little hard for people to say, you know, to say to people, listen, you have no limits here. Um, you propose whatever you feel like is going to benefit the park and benefit you as an artist. And and it, you know, when there, if you propose, 
you know, you need to be in a park for two years. We'll present it to the park, and then they will say, no, we can. We only have the resources for this much, you know, and we will come back with that. It's sort of a, you know, it's a negotiation yeah. process sometimes. Sometimes it is. But, the hey, if you've got a great proposal for an artist, you can't let it go, you know. <laughs> you can't no, let a I mean, great idea die. <laughs> yeah, well, Nancy might be calling you. That's all I have to say. Nancy <laughs> might be calling you. Well, it's a really cool idea. It's really, really cool, and it puts history and nature together in one, and it promotes diversity in parks. I mean, it's really diversity in African-American heritage, um, in women in parks, and women in general Mm -hmm. um, that have not been talked about very often because that happens um, throughout history. and And it promotes nature in a really big way. So it's really a cool idea. So I'm not saying anything else because I have a funny feeling about it. But something, yeah, when you were talking, I was like, ooh, now you've got my mind all creative. Now I'm like, I'm ready to go paint in a park, and I don't know how to paint. So <laughs> thanks. Well, you need to get one of those vibes then and just I know a new virtual reality. <laughs> I know. I'm just going to walk around and say, baby, I'm vibing. I'm vibing. <laughs> Everybody wants to get vibes with it, <laughs> vibe it. No, I, that is super cool stuff. So I, I like that experience. Do you see yourselves doing anything on the youth side ever with with the National Parks Arts Foundation? I know it's hard. You can't really do residency programs, um, but is there any, or is it more like a college student could come and ask to do something like this, right, if they're in college? We or? we do, but, I mean, again, the focus of our programs is, that's an interesting question because a lot of different groups, including the parks, including schools, have their different objectives. And our only objective is excellence in the arts. And so um, everything can sort of falls off from there as a subset of sort of excellence in the arts and getting great artists there. Um, so, again, it's what people propose, but what has happened with youth is that our workshops have been open to youth. There's been training. There's been field trips. There's, there's been a ton, of, mm. a ton of other sort of offshoots of having an artist there or and having the exhibits in spaces, mm-hmm. too. I mean, that's, that's open to youth, too, but we've had youth involved. Um, youth is not our number one focus because we feel like art speaks to everybody. You know, it's ageless. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter how old you are, young, old, you know, it Mm -hmm. speaks to such a huge, um, it's not even a demographic. It's just simply everybody that, that those things happen with youth, but we don't focus on, on those, on, on, on youth only. I think yeah. that you know, for even for them to go and see an exhibit of someone, you know, uh, you know, doing art that is inspired from the park and being in a park, it makes them open their mind up to what they can do as they, you know, grow up. You know, as, as they move into a field of art, or you know, even just becoming a steward of the national parks. You know, it's like you you start seeing things when you're a kid. It's it's exciting when you start, you know, going out and seeing art exhibits and gives you that potential. So, you know, as the it older does. we get, sometimes we lose that I, that creative mind and we get stuck in a rut. And art is what pulls you out of that rut. You know, that yeah. And we work. We work wheel. with. We work with partners in education at all of our all of our locations. So we do have that that input. But I. You're absolutely right when you see something as a child. And, and again, you know, I have National Association of Interpretation certification and the different ways that people learn. Um, I'm not a teacher, but I have to tell you, when you experience something as a child, you're absolutely right. Like it carries into your adulthood, whether you like it or not. Um, when mm-hmm. I was a kid, I think I was eight years old or something, and um, – uh, in Albuquerque, the Armand Hammer Museum was having this show. I can't even remember where it was. And my uncle took mm-hmm. my brother, my little brother and I, and I I was so, this is going to sound so strange, I was so moved by one particular painting called The Fishmongers or something like this mm-hmm. that I actually fainted. I fainted in front of a painting at eight years old. I was like, wow. there's a thing called Stendhal syndrome. I don't know if you've heard of it. Like you just get overwhelmed with, I don't, and I just was like, 
I started hyperventilating from a painting, and I'm just fainted eight-year-old. And, you know, how do you explain as an eight-year-old? I saw this thing. It was too exciting. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, there's your, you know, they say there's your sign. There's there's moments that we have in life. I think there's like seven to nine that we all have of life-changing moments, and that sounds like you've got a nice early one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, and then you'll be going in art. People do. <laughs> people yeah. do. And That's interesting. Amazing. Wow. Yeah, that is very interesting. Well, apparently, I used to go around with a cardboard box pretending I was a photographer, and now I do it. Oh, <laughs> so <there's> you, go. <laughs> you know, so that's yeah. It's, it's weird how things from your childhood go into what you do as an adult, and. So really good work, you guys. Everyone, nationalparksartsfoundation.org is the website to go to. Uh, any, if you do anything in the creative arts, uh, that's a place to go check it out. And, I mean, you can go stay in a park for a month and create, you know. And I, you just got my mind all, like, creative now. I want to go do something cool. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> awesome. Go play. Awesome, man. Well, thank you for calling in. Uh, you know, Tanya, I know that you've been flying around and twirling around the country for the last few days, so glad you got home safely <laughs> back so you can go photograph the volcanoes. <laughs> oh, yeah, and our artist, um, uh, we have an artist up there right now, and uh, he's fantastic and has his own house and studio and everything, and the lava just went over another road. So, um, oh, are you kidding Yeah, me? it'll wow. be exciting. No, no, you should go look at it in the... Uh, uh, you know, on the internet, it's amazing. It's amazing. I, anyway, thank some you of it. so much. Cool. Yeah, always good chatting with you. Nancy says hi. You know, she's in her geek tank hi, right Nancy. now with, with some of our developments, but um, she's waving and and she's wondering why we don't all have mimosas. So um, hopefully, we'll be able to see you when you come back around the, through the southwest. We'll be able to do that in person. Then we can have margaritas. It'll be fun. I'm going to be down there in October uh, looking at our colossal cave house. So, um, you know, trying to figure yeah. out how to get artists in there and how to do that, because that's going to be a year-round year round thing. That's going to be very good. That's when we will have mimosas. Okay. We're on. We'll have to get our butts <laughs> back down from California real quick, just so we can do that. We will. I, I'm a good driver, so, and I'm fast, so we'll get there in time. <laughs> I love it. All right, everyone, again, nationalparksartsfoundation.org. Again, you know, all these opportunities are going to show up in, within the next couple months here. So just keep your eyes peeled on their website. They're on Twitter. They're on Facebook. Uh, just keep up with that and don't miss those opportunities because once they, they're there, then they go away, and that's the way it works. And it has to work that way. So don't, don't lag. Don't, don't think about it. Just do it, right? <laughs> just do it. Exactly. Exactly. It's going to be fast this year, everybody. So keep your eyes peeled for sure. All right. Thanks. You take care, Tanya. Thank you so much. We'll talk soon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>